Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. My name is Vicki Nettling, and I'm coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to empower our guests through topics as well as the guests we bring to the table, and also to help you grow as a confident leader and take your business or your life to the next level. Today, my guest is John Katsasso. Is that correct? Katsavos. Katsavos. Ah, it sounds like it's Greek or something. It is. Awesome. (laughs) Let me tell you a little bit about John Katsavos. John strives to help people overcome depression and anxiety by getting them in shape and understanding the importance of um, martial arts, which is intriguing to me, by improving their bodies, wealth, relationships, and themselves, and creating a strong spiritual foundation. His personal experience with this came in his mid-20s when he almost jumped off a bridge. He found his saving grace through hacks in working out and martial arts. This is uh, going to be a very interesting interview for sure. So please welcome me and join join me in welcoming John Katsavos. John, thank you so much for being my guest. My goodness, when I read your bio, it was so intriguing that I thought, hmm, I got to have this guy on my, my podcast. And I also do a lot with the youth and, and it touched me um, because there's so many people right now, the young people that after COVID are in, as you call it, that funk. And so I thought this might be great timing for you to, you know, kind of share what you've done. I always start out with a simple question to break the ice. And so just tell everybody what part of the country you call home. Um, I come actually from Toronto, uh, oh. Toronto, Ontario, but I yes. recently moved down to uh, South Florida. <laughs> That's so, a difference. <laughs> yeah, and we're today is the first day of a Category Three hurricane, which is my first hurricane that I'm going through. So it's quite interesting. I thought it was ah. going to be a lot worse. Yeah, Category Three is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you lose power, we'll just pause. <laughs> okay. So let's get right into this. Tell me, what type of martial arts did you start whenever you introduced martial arts? I know there's different ones. So which ones did which one did you use? Um, my martial arts journey started when I was eight years old, and uh, I was a skinny, scrawny little kid that was <laughs> about to start to get beaten up on. So my dad decided, uh, and my confidence wasn't the best. I was very self-conscious, very, I was always an introvert, 
my dad thought, you know what, I got to put this kid into martial arts to build his confidence a little bit. So my journey actually started with uh, Shodokan Karate. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, my sensei at the time was uh, directly from Okinawa. Oh, wow. So yeah, I had a very influential martial arts uh, sensei at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of good fond memories. Uh, A lot of interesting stories came out of that. Like the time I had to wash toilets for uh, two months. <laughs> what did you do? I uh, I broke a kid's arm because he had some choice words for my mother and my sister. So oh, I broke his arm. Wow. My sensei found out about it and I was cleaning toilets for about a month, two months. Wow. Yeah. Never did that again. Yeah. So uh, my grandson, the older one, does choi kwan do. And it's, it's very interesting. It, it's, it's sitting there and listening to their lesson. Uh, you, you learn these moves and this, the exercise, but you really learn life lessons in martial arts, which I thought was very interesting. I never thought of it. You know, I just always just thought it was like, you know, Bruce Lee kind of stuff. But it's really was very fascinating to watch. So after you had your discovery of martial arts, you became a personal trainer. And what kind of, what was your main objective to help your clients? What, what were you trying to do for them? Um, when I first started off in personal training, um, it wasn't, I never, I never thought I'd end up as a personal trainer just to clear that with everybody. Um, I had gone to community college to learn to become an auto mechanic. (laughs) And uh, after some, I won't call them failures, some life experiences with working with auto mechanics, I realized it's not for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Then it just was a whole bunch of different series of different uh, events, which led to the uh, suicide, excuse me. So there was a, a big journey uh, in my past that led me to become a personal trainer. Um, again, uh, I was introduced to the world, uh, the wonderful world of uh, gym life at the tender age of 16 years old, because I was a scrawny little kid in high school and was ready to get picked on. And I went to the gym mm-hmm. um, and I fell in love with it. I absolutely fell in love with uh, the workouts, the lifestyle, the eating, the supplementation, even though back in the early 90s, the supplements back then were just disgusting. Yes, they were. (laughs) Did not want to take supplements back then. Now it's like gourmet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, had a little bit of my little thing there. I'll just fast forward to the first reason, the reason to answer your question, I, I initially beca- became a personal trainer because I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved working out. I loved the human body. I loved understanding the intricacies in how it moved, how it changes, how it, how you can, I wouldn't say manipulate it, but like how you can do one tweak and you just see these amazing results with these human beings that have no idea. Yeah. I could do it with myself. And the epitome of learning is being able to teach. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, threw myself into personal training and here I am. So we all know that we all have good intentions. And then we lose those motivation. How do you motivate someone 
that is seems that they've lost all hope of ever being healthy and fit? That's a really deep question because we have to understand that motivation is only temporary. Yeah. And if we go into anything in life without a proper why behind yeah. it and really, yeah. really, really understand your why, then the mo- just be motivation. You're going to be gung-ho for two to three weeks and then bye-bye whatever, you, whatever progress you are making. Mm-hmm. So it's always having, for me, I try to tell my clients, um, you know, what is your real why? Understand, ask yourself, why do I want to do this? And then ask yourself why five more times to get to the real core of your proper why. Um, and it's even more so when with uh, mental health and, and depression and anxiety and isolation. Mm-hmm. It's like, why am I afraid to go out? Why am I afraid to go to a bar and just have dinner at a bar by myself? Why? Mm-hmm. And you'll... you'll, you'll it's different for everyone. So mm-hmm. I can't, I can't give an answer, a proper answer as to, oh, it's because of this. No, it could be a million different, different things. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I as always, a personal trainer though, you need to get to know the person before you give them guidance and you know, it's, direction. It's part of the job. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever worked with a personal trainer, but I I've worked with, a I, I've been a personal trainer for, since 2008 mm-hmm. and I know more about my clients spouses <laughs> and their <laughs> husbands their wives their parents their brothers and sisters than they actually know about them <laughs> so it's a very um we become like a like an intimate part of the family I've been invited to weddings bar mitzvahs baptisms <laughs> it's like oh this is John my trainer <laughs> and I'm like yeah hi how are you I heard a lot about you <laughs> oh my goodness so sometimes you have to dig deep to find out what's keeping people in the funk or do you have any stories that you can share with um, someone without names or anything, but somebody that you helped who was resisting help. You, you, you got their story. You dug into it. You knew what they needed, but they you just didn't want your help. How, you know, how do you do that? How do you, do you walk away? I have a tendency of giving people space. Um, when they, uh, it, it depends on the client. Like I, I, one client pops into my mind like a beacon Mm-hmm. Um, I was working at a big box gym, uh, down in Toronto and, mm-hmm. uh, she was, she came, uh, I, she was assigned to me. I don't know why they assigned her to me, but I got her and, uh, she was about 150 pounds overweight. Um, she was the most quietest, most shyest person, mm-hmm. like trying to get a hello out of her was trying to like to pull teeth. So I saw that right away. Like when I met her, she was like, 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 like in, like she was putting her head down. She wouldn't yeah. look at me straight in my eyes. She mm-hmm. wouldn't look at the, at the weights when I, when we're doing the, uh, I call it creating the suit, creating the new dress for her. <laughs> um, and uh, I rec, I recognized it. And I asked her, do you feel comfortable being in the, in the, in the, in the public eye? She's like, 
she didn't say anything. I'm like, okay, let's just go over to the private room. Mm. So it's just trying to create a safe space for the client to make sure that they're comfortable, that they don't feel like someone's watching them in the gym, which nobody's watching them because everybody in the gym's too busy looking at themselves. (laughs) (laughs) That's what all those mirrors are for. (laughs) (laughs) So the question that I also wondered is, how did she get there? Did like a doctor tell her she needed to do this or did she decide this was the only thing that was going to work? So she got past that fear of being in this situation, but not when she was there feeling comfortable in it. It was more of her parents. Her parents were more concerned for her than she realized how, you know, isolated she was making herself. Mm -hmm. And I I believe, I think the story was that her parents actually forced her to go to the gym. And within a year, she had completely opened up with me in like two months. Yeah, because she trusted you by that time, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we would poke at other people, other clients, other members (laughs) of the gym were like, look at her, what is she, what is he doing? That's that's just dumb. Wow. But um, in a year, she never saw the changes. And I always tell all my clients, you will not see the change. It's impossible. You see yourself every single day. It's like watching grass grow. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see it. And she dropped 100 pounds in a year. And I was so proud of her when uh, I was so proud of her when, uh, when we when we did the final numbers and everything. She didn't even see it. She still saw, saw herself as the fat girl. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't up until my manager showed her a picture of I her was, a year ago. Yeah. That, um, you know, that's, that's the telling thing. Like, who is that yep. person? Yeah. And she was so happy. She was beaming. That was the first time she gave me a hug. Oh. That was the first time I got a hug from her. And I'm, I give people hugs. Like I'm not one of those guys that's like, Hey, or hugs and high fives, whatever you feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't even give me a high five. But that day she walked right up to me. She gave me a big hug, high five. And she's like all happy. Uh, a few years later, I found out that she was engaged. I'm oh. like, I was, I was, I'm so happy for her. And if she's out there listening to this and you know mm-hmm. who you are in Toronto, LA Fitness and Don Mills, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. That burst of confidence can change your world. It truly can. And, it, you know, it's finding that acceptance of who you are is fantastic. Now you also have a podcast called the fitness Oracle. So what's your main focus of that? Uh, My main focus for the fitness Oracle is to bring on people that, uh, that are in the health and wellness uh, worlds, uh, personal development, uh, martial arts world to help, uh, help talk about how their practice actually helps improve mental health issues. Mm, yeah. uh, because I'm a living, I'm living proof of this. Uh, as you said earlier, uh, I was, I almost jumped off a bridge. And if it wasn't for simple tips and simple, simple tips, uh, tricks that I used in the early stages, um, it wouldn't have been a bridge. It would have been my gun. Cause I got a, mm. I had a, got a job as an armed guard and, um, that was, so what, at what point did you recognize 
that there was a problem that you were you were not getting out of that funk how far gone were you i was really gone mm -hmm. i had been i had locked myself in my parents bedroom basement for a year mm -hmm. only time i would come out to, come out of that room was to shower once a week eat once a day and go to the bathroom wow. that's it I had locked myself in there and every morning, I'll never forget this. Uh, every morning when I would wake up to wash my face, I would look at myself in the mirror, have some very negative, very bad choice mm -hmm. words to say to myself. And it got to the point where uh, I almost took my own head and bashed it right up against the, up, up against the mirror because I didn't want to see myself anymore. Mm -hmm. I was so angry i was so disappointed i was so i felt like like even manure had was higher on the food chain than me it, it's almost well what led in you know that doesn't happen overnight so what do you think were the series of things that led to get you to locking yourself in that room um i had a before all this happened i i had a very good job. I was a shift supervisor, security shift supervisor downtown uh, condo in Toronto. Uh, actually, it was an office building in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And um, I was getting paid very well money, very good money for a uh, 23, 24-year-old kid. I was about to, I put myself back into university to level up myself and mm -hmm. get a better job. And two guys under my supervision on Christmas Eve, 2001, decided to go and help themselves to a cup of coffee each at a client's office, breaking and entering and theft. Mm -hmm. I lost my job because I didn't report them to my supervisor. Oh, they wow. lost their job because of breaking and entering and theft. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, I had, I had pretty much the amazing life Job, mm -hmm. A great job. Was going to move out on my own. Um, put myself back into university. Friends, I could pick up my phone and call one friend. I'd have ten friends go out whenever I wanted. Uh, when I lost my job and I lost my money, my friends abandoned me. Mm. Save for two. I have to say this: save for two. The rest just I fell off the face of the earth. Um. I got, I dropped out of university. I couldn't afford to go to university. And uh, I got stuck in my parents' base, basement. My whole life just crumbled before my mm -hmm. eyes. So were your parents supportive or did they add to the situation? Um, my parents were supportive in their own way. Uh, they gave me the space and the time that I needed to deal with myself. And they were ready to, my mom said she was ready to intervene uh, before I walked uh, to that bridge. Just after I would walk to that bridge, she was ready to intervene because she's like, this isn't, this isn't right. This isn't healthy. This isn't me. This isn't mm -hmm. John. Yeah. As a parent, that has to be the hardest thing to have your child and you don't know how to help them. Yeah, it is. 
it's uh, I'm not a parent, but I have two beautiful little nephews, seven and four. Mm. Rough, rough, rough little kids, but I love mm-hmm. them to death, and I have them like my own kids, and I don't want to see any harm come to them. Like, but yeah, in one way, it's kind of important to have that kind of stuff to mold them into the proper, well-rounded individuals for the future. Yeah, it's the failures, it's the the bumps in the road that actually give us the character that makes us, you know, who we are stronger better than than we might have been if it was an easy road we we tend to get comfortable and take things for granted mm-hmm. and each of those things kind of carves us into who we you know turn out to be you talk about how you had to start over so when you started with the the martial arts and and the and the the personal trainer was that a couple years or was it a slow and go was it just things started to click and and you slowly gained back confidence how what what was that like for you um i keep telling people you don't snap your fingers and get over depression ptsd anxiety isolation you don't it it doesn't happen happens over a course of time and you have to be patient with yourself like when i had the um, incident with the, at the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day, I took a I took the towel and I put it over the mirror because I didn't want to see myself. Right. I didn't want to see myself. I'm like, okay, what can I do to for me to, you know, feel a little bit better today? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, well, when I was my happiest, I was in the gym. Yeah. I was in the gym and I was on the dojo in the dojo. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I can't afford a gym because I don't got no money. I (laughs) definitely can't afford a dojo right now. So what can I do? So I just started going out for a walk, half an hour walk around the block. Perfect. Every day, every day, every day, one thing led to another. Like uh, when I say one thing led to another, it took a course of a year for me to get a job. Mm -hmm. And once I got the job, I started paying off my debts. Mm-hmm. Once my debts were paid off, I joined the gym. Once I joined the gym, I started to look better, started to feel better. An opportunity came up. I left the armed guard position for another position. And I got some more money. I signed up to a dojo. No. And 10 years after that, I was uh, an, I was a personal trainer, instruct, uh, an instructor in uh, Sistema. Well, not certified, but I was teaching teaching classes. Mm-hmm. And um, I was on top of the world. I started, I opened up my own studio, which is another story. We're <laughs> <laughs> just peeling the onion here. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's just, if you are in that kind if you are in those shoes and you do want to get better just understand that it does take time it's not a quick fix and anybody out there who says i got a quick fix full of it yeah and you can't be alone right you you need you need help you need a community you need experts to guide you right community is everything yeah and guys have a very 
bad (laughs) mentality when it comes to being the lone wolf. While Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's important for us to be the lone wolf, to be that um, protector, that provider. It's sometimes the lone wolf needs the pack. Yeah. You know, and that's uh, some lessons that I'm learning right now. Mm -hmm. So what tools do you um, share with people to help them? Um, um, Vio Fitness, my, my fitness company, is based mm-hmm. off of four pillars. Mm-hmm. Um, nutrition, I help people with their nutrition. I help people with rest and recovery, with their exercise, obviously, and their mindset. Because yeah. it takes these four pillars in order for, you, for them to set a solid foundation and um, yeah, it's, it's constantly evolving uh, for, for the guys out there listening. Um, I do have a community. It's called, I'm trying to build a community called Band of Brothers, where we can all come together and we just talk about our issues. No, excellent. Band of Brothers. We'll have to make sure that we call that out at the end again. I have a question I ask everybody. And I think you probably already answered this, but what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? I love this question. I asked the same question on my podcast. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, What would I give my 20-year-old self advice? Pick your friends smarter. Surround Surround yourself around with, surround yourself with people that will bring you up, not bring you down. Yeah. Good advice. Good advice. You know, I think as a teenager, we often think, well, it's just the the amount of friends we have, and we don't really look at who our friends are and see how their influence is changing our mindset and, you know, our core values sometimes even. So good advice. Okay, rapid fire questions. Best martial arts for beginners, no matter what age, not just kids. (laughs) That's a tough one. That's a really tough one. So let's make it easier and just say, if I am either an adult trying to have more focus, or I have a, a youngster, you know, seven, eight-year-old, who I want to understand the value of discipline. The reason why I say that's a tough question is because they're all good. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to insult anyone. <laughs> no, no. But if you look at the core value of what martial arts brings to the table at any martial art, whether it be Brazilian jiu-jitsu to karate to uh, w- w- kung fu to sistema, the core value of all martial arts is be a good person to, in society. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's like saying, okay, pick your favorite child. it also is the respect i I really appreciated how they emphasized respect yes yeah and to me okay i nobody really knew about russian martial arts back in the 80s when i was Mm -hmm. a young lad (laughs) getting into martial arts and i found out about sistema in my late 20s Mm -hmm. But it was, again, it was an evolution. It was, you know, uh, Shotokan Karate focuses on uh, 
on a specific type of uh, religious practice. And oh. they do. I dabbled with Muay Thai. Muay Thai dabbles with a specific type of religion. Hmm. I don't understand that. It, does, it didn't vibe with me. But Sistema ha- is based off of Russian orthodoxy, or- orthodoxy belief systems, hmm. which falls in line with Greek orthodoxy. Yeah, very cool. I had no idea. It's a, it's a, it's a deeper concept and people, we, and this is true for all martial arts. They don't teach people the, the, the spiritual aspect until later in your, in your career. And usually it's about three to five years while Mm -hmm. you're in it. That's when you start to get into the, uh, the, uh, the, the, um, I wouldn't say the religious, the The uh, spiritual. Yeah. The spiritual aspect of, of uh, the, of the system that you're learning. All right. Top three hacks that you have. Keep it easy. Keep it simple. Um, find one meal. Change it. Ah, and that falls in with the keep it easy, keep it simple too. Keep it. Yeah. Keep it, keep it, keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. Cause then you'll repeat it. It's exactly. And um, number two would be, Get out for a walk at least once once a day. Yeah. And the last tip that I would give would be um, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Oh, start journaling your sleep. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking because my anti-aging wellness company we have all those things that you said, but uh, sleep is a big one, and a lot of people don't uh, uh, correlate their weight issues with sleep but it's so tied to it so yeah journal i actually have an aura ring that records it for me um and it's eye-opening all right who would be your ideal client oh another tough question somebody who's suffering from depression and it's it's it that's a loaded that's a loaded client because when you're in the depression, you don't think you're depressed. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, uh, it really, there's really, it's really that simple. If you just follow those three things, mm-hmm. you can drastically change so the I, mindset. I, I guess my next question would be kind of a spinoff of that one. If you are in denial are there things, triggers, indicators that tell you there's something wrong? You know, lock yourself in a room, only coming out once a day, you know, those are big signs. But in the beginning, it probably wasn't that. It, it was probably some subtle things. Um, what are the conversations that you're having with yourself? Oh, yeah. That's, that's the key indicator are you is it a negative conversation that you're having in in your head or is it one that gives you excitement Mm. if it's bringing you down there's a good indicator that you might be on that path that's going to push you further down Mm -hmm. if it's not then it's probably the other way that you're going so just be careful what goes on in your head yeah What's the best place for you 
to regroup or rejuvenate, I can't even talk today, rejuvenate, what's the best place? You know, there's, there's different things, you know, some people curl up to a book. I love to just go and sit at the beach and when nobody's there and just listen to the water. So what's yours? Um, I'm going to get a little nerdy with you and your audience, <laughs> but uh, nothing is better than me binge watching off of Star Wars. Ah, yes. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I have of, of the age where, yes, Star Wars, that was when my first date with my husband was to see the original Star Wars. <laughs> so cool. All right. Well, it has been great. Right now is the time where we're going to just share my screen. So those of you that are wanting to get in touch with John, this has his contact information. So please go ahead and get ready to take a screenshot. And those of you that are listening just to the audio, I will read off what the information is, okay? His email, or I'm sorry, his website is https colon forward slash forward slash link L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E, like Edward, Edward, slash R-E-S-L-I-E-N-T-R-E-B-O-O-T-P-R-O-D-C-T-I-O-N-S. So that's Resilient Reboot Productions. Resilient Reboot productions and um how else can they get to to know you are are you on facebook linkedin any any of the social medias um that link actually sends them to uh somewhere where all my links are oh perfect i'm i'm everywhere he's everywhere all right <laughs> so you want to go there and check out please contact him if you have questions if you think that you um you know would like his services that would be awesome and as always, I just want to let you see the book that I just got out in February. Um, I'm one of 21 authors. It's called Unstoppable by Rochelle Marie Lawson, Being Fierce, Fearless, and Unfuckwithable in Life and Business. So you can get that on Amazon. But we are not here to talk about my book. We are here to say thank you so much to John for being our guest today. It has been wonderful. You gave us some great insights. You shared your, your vulnerability of telling us your story, which will hopefully touch someone that may need your help or know, recognize that they need to find help in that community that we talked about. So I wanna thank John Castavos for sharing his story with us some great tips, some tools, some motivation that we should get off our behinds and take a walk. I'm going right after this. <laughs> so please be sure to reach out, give him any questions that you might have, con connect with him. And please don't forget, life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. My name is Vicki Nettling and thank you for being uh, with me during this podcast. We're signing off. 
Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Medling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.